Welcome to Tech Talk for Teachers. I'm your host, Paul Beckerman. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. What's in the toolkit? What? What is in the toolkit? What's in the toolkit? Check it out. The topic of today's episode is student organization, e-binders. Organizational binders are really not a new concept. Teachers have used them for many years in an attempt to help students learn to organize their materials and keep track of their schoolwork. It's really an effective strategy. Many times these tools look like three ring binders or folders or maybe one of those fancy organizer binders sold in many stores. In classrooms with access to one-to-one student devices, these binders are often moving from paper formats to digital. I remember surveying my students when they first got access to their own computers and a class learning management system. You know what they overwhelmingly said they liked best about it? They almost all said it helped them to stay more organized. This is great. We all want our students to be organized. Of course, any system is only as good as the person using them and the skills that they have. But there are some distinct advantages of considering a digital organizational system over a paper one. In today's episode, we'll explore the idea of digital binders or e-binders. First, let's consider the advantages of a digital system. Number one, it's more accessible. Because most of these tools live in the cloud, students can access them anywhere that they have a device, many times even on their phones. This largely eliminates the problem of students forgetting their binders at school. Number two, it's customizable. While you can certainly set up a paper binder in different ways, digital platforms provide many more options for designing a personalized organizational structure, look, and feel. Number three, it's usually free. If you have a classroom device, you can find a program to use without incurring extra cost. If students are provided with computers at school, free access to the software can help students avoid the status game of who has the most expensive and fancy binder. It's kind of an equalizer. Number four, it's multimodal. Instead of a storage space for paper only, students can add all sorts of media to their digital binders, text, images, video, links, and even audio files. This can really be powerful for students who prefer multimedia over print text. And if students prefer paper, they can still complete their work that way, scan the final product, and upload it to their digital binder. It's a win-win. Number five, it's compact. Because these binders are digital and likely stored in the cloud, students don't need to carry around those bulky paper binders. No more sorebacks and bulging backpacks to carry around. Number six, they're searchable. This is the beauty of digital. You can quickly and easily search the resource to find what you're looking for. This allows you to stay organized within the organizer. It can be much faster than flipping through a stack of papers. Number seven, they help students become future ready. Most professional workspaces involve the management of digital content. By helping students master digital organizational systems in our classroom, we'll be helping them prepare for a working world that is rich in digital documents. What are some cool tech tools I can use? Two tips! Instructional technology! So what tools can you and your students use to create digital binders and take advantage of some of these positive attributes of digital? Well, let's look at a few of the most common e-binder options. The first is online storage spaces. 
Storage spaces like Google Drive or Microsoft OneDrive can be used as a type of binder. By creating a folder structure, students can effectively organize their class content in those spaces. In our last episode of Tech Talk for Teachers, we reviewed some of the organizational tips for effectively using these types of storage spaces. I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode if you missed it. Second, you can use digital slideshows. If you want your students to keep their materials in a single document that can be shared with you and others, then Google Slides or PowerPoint 365 are really good options. Digital slideshows are incredibly versatile and they're easy to use. This can be a winning combination because it allows students to focus on how to organize rather than how to use the tool. And as I mentioned, slideshows can be really versatile. Students can easily insert almost any type of media into a slide. Text, images, video, audio. They can also link out to other digital documents from this one main hub, making this a one-stop shop for students to access their work. Third, you could have students create websites. These function similarly to the slideshows and can be made with a variety of free tools such as Google Sites, Wix, and Weebly. As with slideshows, you can embed almost anything into a website, and if you publish them, they can be shared with the teacher for review. I should note that there might be a little bit more of a learning curve with the website option, and you'll need to teach students how to publish and share with their teacher. But learning to create and manage a website can be a really great career awareness experience in addition to being a classroom organizational tool. Fourth, digital notebooks. If you're a Microsoft school, I'd consider using OneNote. This tool is specifically designed to be a digital notebook. It allows you to create sections within the notebook and then have multiple pages inside tabbed areas. On each page, you can embed nearly any type of media. You can even insert PDFs for easy annotation right within your eBinder. Notebooks are shareable and accessible either through the installed app or online through the web version. And fifth, your learning management system. So learning management systems like Canvas, Schoology, Seesaw, and Google Classrooms are in many ways a type of digital binder. The biggest difference here is that they're more teacher-driven and the teacher ends up doing most of the work. Personally, I think these are best used in conjunction with one of the other options so students get a chance to practice creating their own system. That being said, students also need to know how to work within somebody else's organizational system. To help them be successful in this environment, it's really important to teach students how you've set up your LMS, how to find resources in that space, and how to interact with activities like assignments and discussions. This will help your students use this online classroom space more effectively and efficiently, and it's a great way for you to model organization to your students. How do I use, how do I use Integration inspiration. Integration ideas. Whichever system you choose, it's important to help your students learn how to use them effectively. Here are a few key ideas to consider. One, provide examples and practice opportunities. Students may not have experience organizing large amounts of information, so it's really helpful to share examples of different organizational structures. This allows students to see how it all can come together. You might even practice this by providing a sample e-binder and a set of resources for students to organize into that sample binder. Students could do this in groups or individually and then share back to the class how they organize their content. It can be really eye-opening to discover how content can be organized effectively in more than one way. This also makes the learning much more engaging. Rather than just telling them what to do, 
have them practice doing it with some common resources before applying it to their own content. Number two, choose a model. Depending on the age of your students, you could choose to have one system that everyone in the class will use, or you could provide options and let each student choose. If students are not very practiced in using eBinders, you might want to start with a common approach. This allows you to walk the class through the process as a whole group when they're first learning to use the system. It will also allow students to help each other out because they're all using the same approach. Eventually, it's important to release the design decisions to your students, but again, this will depend on their age and level of experience. Number three, consider creating templates. A great way to support students as they learn to organize is to outline a few common elements that all students are required to use. Then create and provide templates that include these elements. Students copy and use these templates to organize their work. For example, you might create a digital slideshow template for an upcoming unit and then have students make a copy for themselves. In those templates, you can provide placeholders for the required elements. This could be a really helpful scaffold for students and it helps them get familiar with your structure and expectations. Because they are digital and flexible, these templates will still allow students to build on your key cornerstones by adding their own content and structures into those templates. Number four, combine structure and flexibility. I've alluded to this a bit already, but you'll want to find that right balance between telling the students what to do and allowing them to develop their own system. One effective way to do this is to require certain elements in the binders that will help students organize their materials, while also allowing flexibility in how they complete those sections. For example, you might provide a template that has a pre-made space built for an essential question, another for notes, and then evidence of learning, and finally a reflection. Within these spaces, students can respond using whatever type of media is most comfortable to them text, audio, video, or maybe something else. Students might also go beyond these starting points and add their own additional components and sections. If you're working with younger students, you'll probably need more scaffolding and consistency than if you're working with older students. In fact, with elementary students, you might want to complete the binder as a full class. Essentially, you'll have a classroom binder instead of individual binders. You know your students best, and you can judge what will serve them in the best way. And number five, make it a habit. The best system is worthless if it's not being used. So help your students get in a habit of using their e-binder. One of the best ways to do this is to reserve a little class time each day to allow your students to put resources into their binders or to fill out key elements such as the essential questions and reflections. If you make it an important part of your classroom routine, students will be more likely to make it a habit when they leave your classroom. There's so much more that I could talk about regarding e-binders, but I hope these tips and ideas are enough to get you started. I really believe that if we can help our students learn to build and manage an effective organizational system, we'll be doing them a huge favor, and we'll be setting them up for academic success in our classroom at the same time. To learn more about today's topic and explore other free resources, visit avidopenaccess.org. Specifically, I'd encourage you to check out the article titled, Developing Your Students' Digital Organization Skills, eFile, eBinder, and ePortfolios. In that article, you'll find a handy tip sheet for organizing materials in an eBinder. You can print it off or digitally share it with your students. 
And of course, be sure to join Rena Winston and me every Wednesday for our full-length podcast, Unpacking Education, where we are joined by exceptional guests and explore education topics that are important to you. Thanks for listening. Take care. And thanks for all you do. You make a difference.